Welcome to another episode of a free podcast. We're going to dive right in to uh, a cheerleader, cheerleader movie, Death of a Cheerleader. Curious what happens. You'll If you keep listening, you'll find out. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that movie, obviously. We're going to talk about Tori Spelling, Nepo Babies. We're going to talk about true crime, because that's one thing about made-for-TV movies. Ripped from the headlines. And yeah. I'm sure we'll have a long conversation about high school probably our high school years and probably also how it's portrayed in movies not our actual high school lives portrayed in movies but how high school life is portrayed in movies no one would want to see our lives maybe they would of the Midnight Boys present a free podcast. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my um god, I don't, you know, my my popular friends, huh? My popular friends Joe and Duff. <laughs> uh I'm popular. Remember that Nada Surf song? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about we're talking about this movie uh came out in 1994, made for a TV movie called um Death of a Cheerleader. Um although we need to bring up it was not originally called that. Yes. Uh, a friend to die for. Oh, that's way better. That doesn't make sense. Like, that right. implies that implies sacrifice. Yeah, it does imply sacrifice, but it's it sounds cooler. Like, it sounds more poetic or like... A friend, a friend to kill for. That would work. Mm, yeah. Um. <laughs> that sounds like a John Grisham novel. Yeah. <laughs> that was a time to kill, right? Yeah. We're going to go with Death of a Cheerleader, because that's what it is on subsequent Lifetime television airings. Wait, yeah. so, okay, so you meant originally not, you mean, like, production it was called that, when like, it when it originally aired, aired, it was called, it was called to die for. Oh. Yeah. So well, why did they you know, change it? You thought we did research to well, learn that. We did not. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, it's not really documented. It's just kind of like, well, it was renamed for Lifetime. So I think Death of a Cheerleader is just, I mean, it's a little more graphic, and probably yeah. gets people to yeah. watch um, okay because yeah you get that seo right with death in cheerleader <laughs> yeah yeah because sure. because if you're you know if you're going through blockbuster and you see some a friend at death department eh, whatever oh death of a cheerleader right. hell yeah right. i want to watch that um, so what happens in this movie well we uh have our main character angela she uh she moves right she moves into a, a she moves into a new school and uh and she's uh shy but she wants to be guys believe this or not she wants to be popular popular uh and she is an overachiever <laughs> and uh she becomes i don't know if becomes friends but like Wants to hang out and be, I guess, this girl named Stacy, who's played by uh, Tori Spelling. Quite like Stacy. If we get, we're each given three guesses of the name of a popular cheerleader girl in an early '90s movie. I feel like Stacy would be one of our guesses. Yeah, like Stacy, Brittany. Uh, a lot of names that end in yeah, y. yeah. A lot of yeah. Uh, what was up with? with people in the early 80s like oh it needs to end in a needs to sound like a dog's name uh, i don't know i don't know but there does seem to be a certain name that you would see tracy another one um so anyways you know there, there there's always like the the hack conservative arguments like oh why do people have names like you know and it's always like a black person's name or something but like what what 90s was like peak white nonsense names right. especially for girls cody's a lot yeah. of cody's chads oh yeah has there there's never been like you know governor cody uh I'm president fairly cody, certain there's never emperor been a cody. like that's cody. <laughs> emperor cody yeah, I'm. I'm just like throughout history. Like, have you ever heard like um, Cody the Great? <laughs> you know what? Um, <laughs> well, no. How many the Greats are there? Period. There's no Codys. <laughs> Cody. Cody. True. Yeah, I mean you're you're right. Or like Sir Cody Co the Great. Sir Cody. How many? Sir what? Okay. Cody's? All right, Duff. Let's how many, roll How this. many OBE knighted Cody's? It's Cody Rhodes. 
That's wrestling. Let's let's roll with this stuff. What is the highest office a Cody can attain? Oh, this is a great question. Highest office. Hmm. I would say treasurer. Like yeah. a, like state city. treasurer or city treasurer? <laughs> Local level only. Contrary to the saying, they don't elect dog catchers, but I feel like a Cody yeah. would That's be my dad still saying. My dad, I, I'm sure I've shared <laughs> this. My dad hated Ronald Reagan. And uh, if you brought up... <laughs> Bless if him. you brought up Ronald Reagan, my dad like, God, son of a bitch. I wouldn't even vote for him for dog catcher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a Cody could get like a, a cushy like municipal job because he had an uncle who worked at the Capitol or something. It's like, oh, you effed up my paycheck. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah it's that Cody. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, there's no Cody's Cody the Great. Um, so, so back to the movie. Uh, oh. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I have been Cody's? scrolling as quickly as I can through f- the famous Cody's. I only was able to get through the last name G. Uh, we have a um, a a Cody w- with an no, I, so it's no. a woman. That doesn't oh, count, right? But that's a ter- uh, still a terrible name. She Sorry. is in. She is a Republican serving in the House from Idaho. So that's ten percent of their total population. Is Cody. We have a member of the North Carolina House, Cody Henson. Uh, he resigned um, following his guilty plea to cyber stalking <laughs> in a domestic violence case. <laughs> and I, I only got through H. Uh, Cody Horlocker, uh, who was in the Wisconsin State Assembly from uh, from Waukesha, um, he uh, is now running for a circuit court seat. Um, and that would be okay. the next month, I guess, if he makes it to the primary. Um, let's keep going. If I find something worthy of returning to okay. this topic, I'll save it for the end of the episode. So, death of a cheerleader, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. So she wants she wants to be uh, she wants to be you know popular, and she meets Stacy. She like wants to be like Stacy. So one night, um, she can't quite be as cool as Stacy. So she makes up the story that the Larks, which is like their girl clan. They're, what is their weird secret society title? It's it's a service group. Okay. I like don't know this is just means. like one of those like rich rich kids is this like, like the resume skulls? builders. Okay. Yeah, kind of. It's like okay. a high school, like, secret society All resume right, so, builder. So it's like there's, you know, if, like, you get pulled over by a cop and you're like, you say the password to the larks. They're like, oh, okay, you can go. Well, it's like, it's kind of like a sign, like, uh, this is part of the moneyed class in this mm-hmm. local community. So we know they come from the right people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so Angela makes up a, a, an event uh, for the larks. And then uh, she gets, Stacey gets in the car, so it's just the two of them. And uh, I don't – is her plan at this point to kill her or she just wants to, like, No, I out? think she – well, she wants to – I mean, she's, she's essentially trying to trick her to go to a party. Yeah. Is there and- really a party? Yes. Her yes. friend invited to, to – oh, <laughs> someone oh was sorry. I wasn't attention. watching it that close. <laughs> yeah. Her friend – her and her friend were boozing. Yeah, and right. Her friend right. invited her to the party, and she's like, "Oh, the, he said I could invite whoever I want." And then, because um, our main character here is the most selfish person on the planet, um, she's like, "Oh, I'm going to invite whatever her name is, Stacey. Tori Spelling, Stacy." Yeah. And uh, then, literally, uh, oh, then she leaves because her friend passes out. Yeah. <laughs> and also, so, her yeah, friend- she absolutely has. She thinks when she picks her up, she thinks that this is the first night of them being best friends so this yeah. is her, her idea is like all right well now i have a cool party to go to just the two of us i'm we're we're doing it best friends she, she's gonna be so impressed that i got her into this party eventually stacy's like i don't want to do this and wants to get sent home or wants to get dropped off at home justifiably yeah 100 percent. Right. especially because she was told there's a lark's dinner and you're like oh i'm going to a dinner for this you know, group I'm part of yeah. instead of being like tricked into. I if one of you did that, if a good friend did that to me, I'd be mad. Yeah, I don't like. I don't want to have a the rug pulled out from under me. So that it seems justified. It is unbelievable. Uh, Stacy is one of the meanest characters you could have in a movie, and she is only the second worst person in this movie. <laughs> the, the 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 killer is an utterly wretched human being. Um, which does which does track though. 
who, who thinks like she's like so nice and put upon. And what's insane is the movie agrees that she's a nice kid. <laughs> yeah. She's insane. This, she's a candy striper. Did you guys yes. know that term? Yes. Yeah. I did. Uh, do they still have that? I, I mean, know. I know they have hospital volunteers. I didn't know it was called yeah, like, I candy striping. I just, I've never, I've only seen it on TV shows, so that's how, where I'm aware of it from. Okay. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm curious if they still do it. No way to know. Um, no way to know. So, so, anyways, back to the what happens to Stacy. So Stacy's like, I'm gonna go home, and then uh, she runs to a like a friend's house. Not e- no, not even just it's a random oh, yeah. house. So she runs to the house and she has to use the phone. That friend had gotten a little weird, and then she gets a ride home. That's the cold open we have to the movie is just yeah. that. Um, and second, then, and, second, the same as the last movie we talked about, where right, it opens yeah. with the killing, and then yeah, which is weird. I don't understand why either movie does that, uh, especially this one. I mean, you got to think of it in context in context of TV. You got to hook them. You got it. You know, everyone just you know, everyone watched like uh, I don't know, sixty minutes or Murphy Brown or whatever, and then you know, you might have not noticed that the you hadn't changed the channel. And it's like, ooh, what's this? A murder? That's a, a isn't SVU still doing that? Isn't uh, the I think prostitute so. prostitute is always murdered right away? Uh, so then Angela doesn't want to be humiliated by Stacy, so she follows uh, Stacy back home in her car. And then stabs her multiple times with her sister's cucumber knife. Chekhov's cucumber. Yes. Um, <laughs> Chekhov's cucumber. That classic thing we all do in the car. Yeah. Slicing yeah. a cucumber. I mean, yep. listen, I love cucumbers. I love pickles even more. Just having a knife and a cucumber in your car is weird. Amazingly, though, true to life. That, that, that it, honestly, it was a knife and it was her sister's knife. Oh, in real life, re- the true crime. Yeah, yes, yes. That we'll, we'll get to more of the... Real, this is based on. So that a true really story. is the circumstances. Her sister left a knife in the car because she was carving a cucumber. The sister would regularly <laughs> have snacks in the car and left it there. So that, as weird as and as awkward as it is, and then we was like, "Hey, you want a cucumber?" Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. Uh, you hey. want? You want to buy a monkey? Hey, want a cucumber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, that's the cold open. Then we see how her, you know, then we go back and we, we see her, you know, move to the school three months earlier, whatever nonsense. And then after the murder, she like gets away with it. So I will <laughs> say that in spite of this movie, once again, being objectively bad, I kind of liked it because at the hour point, I'm like, what's going to happen now? We, we, I mean, we already knew that yeah. there was, there someone died, right? But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, she got away with it. What, what, what's this last half hour going to be? And it's her essentially taking over, like becoming popular, like taking Stacy's role in a lot of ways. She she kind of gets everything she wanted. Yep. Uh, and But uh, then, as, as is true in real, you know, in movies and TV and in real life, uh, it's not so much that the killer is a genius. It's just rock stupid cops. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it takes them what a month to figure out that her babysitting alibi was bogus. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> so according to this movie, if you say something, that's your alibi. They don't check it until it becomes really necessary. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that happens is there's another girl. There's the goth girl in the school, Monica. <laughs> yes, poor Monica. Poor Monica. And, and- <laughs> Does nothing wrong. All no, the, never does the sin, anything wrong. The sin of just dressing how she wants to dress. Right. Monica gets stuff thrown at her during meetings. She gets dragged. Just Stacey an entire auditorium poem. is throwing spitballs at poor Monica. Uh, so everyone is convinced that Monica did it because uh, she's weird. Yep. Uh, and they eventually figure out that's Angela or start closing on her. And then she confesses to her priest and to her parents in a letter. And there's a whole other thing with another friend, Jamie, which I was only half paying attention to. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Essentially, um, the town, like, so then the movie to me gets really weird at the end because it becomes like the whole, the whole climax of this movie is 
whether it's going to be like first or second degree murder. Right. It's like, oh, should it be first or second Which degree murder? Which didn't matter. No. Because <laughs> it's the same sentence. Yeah. What is the point? And the movie asks, what is the point of charging her with this? And, and correct, what is the point of showing it to us then? <laughs> It's really it's really bold when a movie uses a judge to kind of summarize why the last 20 minutes of this movie are nonsensical and irrelevant. I cannot the 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 whole last act of this movie I don't is, understand. This girl should not have gotten in trouble. It's society's fault. Which Yeah. Like, yeah, all of a sudden it, like we have this scene with uh, their priest in the church, and all of a sudden, that guy sounded really familiar. I forgot to look up what he. Yeah, was, I feel like I've seen him and stuff. All right, we'll too. keep going. I'll look up. Um, what but you know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, uh, who who killed the Kennedys? After all, it was you and me, man. Like it's like, what well, what's going on? Like I, I'm not on trial here. Uh, just the the <clears throat> to tie it into last week's episode. The priest is played by the um, Larry Appleton's abusive boss in Perfect Strangers. Oh, <laughs> man. A little TGIF for you. Uh, yeah, it is bizarre. Because I actually... It's like, hey, hey, man, it's not my fault that this girl's crazy. <laughs> it's it's so weird to me that, like, the like really, it's just them waiting to find out what the sentence will be. And this other friend, Jamie, coming back and kind of being, like, an important character suddenly again? I don't know. It's yeah, we're, all... spo- we're supposed to be attached to her and remember her. Right. Because um, it ends with uh, Angela, like, is released and paroled eventually. And she doesn't she, like, write a letter? Or Jamie writes a letter to Angela explaining that she quit yeah. the Larks and went back to her former. Like, I don't understand... Is this movie just about being like, well, we put a lot on popularity, and when you do that, people kill people? Yeah, well, no, and and I'd like to reassure the filmmakers. So they're right. Like, you know, we we put too much pressure on teenagers to be the best, mm-hmm. to be involved with everything. Like, all this stuff is undeniably true, um, and and they're deploying it all in defense of uh, <laughs> this girl who stabbed another girl to death. <laughs> and I would also like to reassure the filmmakers. Don't worry. Uh, this all just leads to teenagers killing themselves, not each other. So hopefully that helps <laughs> makes you feel better. Jesus. I mean, like, like, well, I, my point is like they're right. right about how horrible it is, and they pick the absolute like worst story to like build that, like, like to explore that issue. Right? Yeah, it, there's there's no the two primary teenage characters are just unlikable. Yeah, like it's it's not like she like they sort of imply that that not sort of imply they 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 clearly show like she's not as well off as all these other girls right so they kind of establish she's got to grind in order to, to do it although they she doesn't have to like all of her grinding is not so like she can afford afford tuition if she gets into stanford it's so she could buy fancier clothes to go skiing with these awful awful girls yeah and 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 like but it, there's no lack of support like her parents are always friendly like they go out of their way to show her family as being nothing but unbelievably supportive even after she murdered someone it, it, yeah. it's like the the whoever wrote this movie or the Randall or Sullivan yeah they 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 went into it saying I want to make a point about the pressure we put on teenagers and then just steps on rake after rake <laughs> at different ways that that completely falls apart with this particular story. It's someone who wants to tell, it's kind of the John Hughes thing where you want to tell the plight of teenagers, but it sounds like you've never actually talked to one. Yeah. And, and, and this, this character is at least as they're portrayed in this movie, a pure sociopath. Oh yeah. She's like, and from the first time you see her, it's like, oh, yeah, that girl's crazy sauce. She's, she, she's presented with all of these opportunities to get out, witnessing just just unbelievable cruelty. And she just goes along with it over and over and over again. Now, I think there's something sympathetic about that because it is scary to, like, you know, like stand up to the bullies. Right. And stand up to the popular kids. Yeah. But but that's not the angle that they really take here. Luckily, no one ever stood up to me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it just was like the the moral like stance this film takes. I thought was really. I don't even know if it has one. It's well, so it's so muddled. But I don't. You're... I think it's really clear. Like the whole point of the once she confesses 
and there's the the scene in the church and the, all the courtroom scenes it's it's nothing but excusing her actions yeah yeah and and blaming th- it on society and and what we do to teenagers and there is like i mean we also have this like you know at <clears throat> at, at one point i think the parents of stacy are like talking about how they're like it must be an anti-establishment killer because mm-hmm. because the family and Stacy are like so well off and do all the right things, so it must be someone who's anti-establishment. I was like, it, what? It, it must it must be some of that new money. Yeah, then that's like, that kind of ties into the Monica being bullied. There's the goth girl. So Angela's family is very working class. Like her dad is a mechanic of some sort, mm-hmm. and they don't. Did they ever explain why they moved to this very non-working class kind of like upper middle class? office worker like wall street neighborhood i mean i'm guessing it was just to like put angela the in the best yeah in the best situation so she could succeed right i mean okay because like there is this moment to back about angela like there's a moment early on when she comes home and her dad's like working on the car and she's like yeah, her dad her dad's a grease monkey works with his hands and she's like how's it going and he's like nice to her and she seems like embarrassed even at that point and it's like i don't know it's weird her parents seem really supportive i mean obviously her mom's a little overly religious but she yeah that was the other thing that was kind of weird to me about this movie. It's just like it accepts it, it just and, and I don't know that it really is wrong, but it, it's a way that it it is aged very strangely. It's just like, oh, yeah, everyone goes to church all the time. Everyone prays all the time. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, the it bubble was I di- live in. No one does. But like 2022, like it you know, even just like twenty twenty five years ago, it was like ninety percent of Americans identified as Christian, and now it's like sixty five, seventy, or something like that. Uh, yeah, so. but even then, identified as, but how many like actively went to church? You know, and also it's Valerie Harper from uh, Rhoda and very like other sitcoms. Oh yeah, yeah. Mary Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore show and Rhoda, yeah. but it's so weird that she's. Well, uh, Tori Spelling was the biggest star at the time, but after that, like she's probably most famous. Well, let's not forget Terry O'Quinn, John Locke from Lost with hair. He's he's not fa- he's not famous yet, no. but uh, yeah. Um, but uh, we also had Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Did you not the at oh, the end? Oh yeah. Come on, guys. This is TGI. I saw him. I saw him. The, okay, this is TJF adjacent. The, yeah. Uh, uh, he is the only competent cop in the movie uh, because everyone else is just like, oh, well, she said she didn't do it. Good enough for me. But uh, um, un- <laughs> Uncle Phil. Yeah, uh, the FBI guy comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he immediately is like, well, that girl's lying. <laughs> they're, <laughs> like, they're like, oh, should we follow up on her alibi? <laughs> uh, did you call and ask the lady she said she was babysitting for? Yeah. Oh, are I supposed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> like oh because yeah they do they do early on like it's got to be a lark because they called like someone tricked her into being a lark event so it can only be so many girls yeah um well that's the movie i don't know if there's anything else plot wise to talk about except uh can we talk about when apparently to become a lark the thing they make you do is put mayonnaise in your hair and drive around the city and randomly kiss people on in cars yeah that's a new one i've not heard that (laughs) You remember Just, uh, I, I, it? It's a uh, you know a film people filmmakers who like never actually went through like the high society hazing rituals. Either that or like all these high society things. They, I mean, would you would it surprise you to learn that all the people behind all these special clubs um, are have that little creativity in how they haze people? No. Yeah, I I would not be surprised by I that. Mean, it, it's a I guess it's kind of a way that Americans. Um, have lost we've we've lost the hazing race to the British like they make people have sex with dead pigs and stuff like that we're just like smearing miracle whip on people that's why the best rock and roll comes from there (laughs) ours is really lazy like oh how much whiskey can you drink (laughs) try not to die yeah Um, let's go to this secret room in our frat and we'll just we'll just pump you full of barbiturates so what is the uh, the uh, we mentioned the true crime a little bit, Duff. What is the what is the Bernadette Prodi? Prodi is that the name of the the woman who did uh, the murdering? I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it, but more or less, like the basic beats of the story are correct. It's really sounds like uh, 
This is 84 is happening in California. This is in 1984, uh, but it, it, you know, what you saw really kind of did happen. It was kind of this very uh, awkward girl really wanted to be popular, and she really looked up to this other... Uh, and it wasn't the Larks, it was the Bobo Lynx. The Bob... So I, <laughs> there's nothing online about the Bobo Lynx, and... <laughs> It's it. I found this article from like uh, the L.A. Times in eighty four, eighty five, and it says, uh, it just has a passing reference. It says the Bobolinks, a junior league style volunteer group at the high school. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So I, I that doesn't clear things up. Uh, they're short. They would call them bobbies. They're oh, short. was that part of it? Yeah. You know, this is something just so you can put on your resume and know the secret code to get. You know, things that us poors can't get. I mean, um, both the last two movies we talk about, you have some high school white girl end up dead. That's big. I mean, Twin Peaks. Death, taxes, and people going nuts when a white girl is missing yeah. are the constants in life. Yeah. that That is something that never changes. So, so that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the, the beats of this story are true, uh, and this will lead into... I'm I'm very excited to hear about. I, I think Rob found this. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. So, <laughs> so Bernard uh, Bernadette mm-hmm. uh, went to prison mm-hmm. for and was paroled after like seven or eight years. She got out in like I think I think she was out in time to see this movie, maybe. But uh, but then uh, she kind of maybe maybe not goes off the grid. But I feel like Rob, you picked that up. Right, so I didn't dig into this too much, and I don't really want to give too many details because I don't. I'm not actually for what is happening here, <laughs> but uh, some woman has essentially the been, internet did its thing. The internet, someone's <laughs> mad, uh, and to be fair, Bernadette did kill someone, uh, mm-hmm. and she served however many years You're not in supposed prison. To do that. And is no, we shouldn't do that. And then it was released. She was a minor when she did the, the crime. She's out now, and there's this person... And to, and to be fair, in the eyes of the law, serve the time. Right. And this person is just... From, 20, from 2014 to 2019 on their blog spots, continue to post <laughs> all about this woman. And, like, the whole thing is she found out what her um, her other identity is. So the whole blog is really about what her... Because obviously she changed her name... And it's all about um, what she is now and her career and how she has to be stopped. Now, the person who runs this blog, they have no relation, right? I, not they, that I they, can understand. She well, says, like the, her name is Brittany and they call her Brit. She's 30 and she's happily married. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so if she was uh, – the last blog post is from 2019. Yeah. So, so if she was 30 – yeah, she would have been born after this crime occurred. Yeah. So it's just like this is someone's hobby, uh, which uh, I do know that is a very big thing now. It's just amateur sleuthing on the internet. Yep. Um, yeah, this, uh, you know, uh, might be time to pick up another hobby. Have you tried, <laughs> like, model airplanes or? Well, she stopped after 2019, so maybe, you know, pandemic, she decided to do something else. Her last post uh, is the headline, I'm selling blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a whole. Wonder thing. how much she got for it. Uh, well, it's. I don't think she sold it. I think she's... let's buy it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> buy it and redirect it to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> who owns Blogspot at this point? I, who? I, I was surprised to learn that that's still a valid. That still host. exists. Google owns Blogspot, I think. Oh, so I guess they're just keeping it just for nostalgia, then. Right. All right. So, anyways, um, that's fascinating to dig into it. I mean, like since she was murdered in 1984, they know who did it. That person, you know, it's not like she's trying to solve a crime. The crime was already solved. She's just mad that the person's out now. She, yeah, like she, and again, if I were related to the the person who were killed, I might be a little more understanding. But right. this, this is just some rando, right? <laughs> like the, this, none of this affected you. Um. 
So also we should bring up the most... It's kind of, it's it's kind of, oh, do you think this it's Nancy Grace who runs this? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. That would be on a blog spot. God, That'd be amazing. I, does she still have a show? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. But I yeah, those she people all... never lose. They they never lose their shows. She... Like Judge Judy was st- like still on until I think she finally yeah. just retired. Um, like, like the richest she, lady on the she planet. She is definitely Nancy Grace is definitely the type of white lady who would just devote all of her oh, spare yeah. time to this crime that did not affect her at all. Right, right. Um, yeah, we should, she she's still on the air. We should also point oh, out that Tori Tori Spelling is in this movie. Um, she obviously famously was in Beverly Hills 90210. And it's weird because 90210 and everyone involved with it, we've talked in past seasons about knowing things against your knowledge or against your, your will. Right. I feel like in the early 90s, that was 90210. Like you would just know names and plots and things about stuff. And you're like, oh, this is all, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to know this. Yeah, it was it was a huge, especially for people of our age range. It was it was just a huge cultural event. Right, right. Is that predate Melrose Place? I believe so. Okay, it I, it may have inter uh, overlapped as well. Um, same same type of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so Troy Spelling, another person who is like similar to that, similar to Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Like I don't know what I've seen of Troy Spelling in it, but I know Troy Spelling because she was exactly. just everywhere. Um, and the big thing about well, when you're that talented, Rob. Well, <laughs> when your dad's Aaron Spelling. Um, so that's that's the thing that uh, was kind of relevant because uh, I think it was New York Magazine dubbed this the year of the Nepo baby. Oh, to this uh, year right now. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's a new thing, um, right? Generally, nepotism hasn't existed. So, yeah, so that was going to be my <laughs> thing. Like all of a sudden, we decided to point out the. Uh, the shockingly anti-meritocracy of uh, Hollywood, because in no no other profession does nepotism occur. Well, that, but also like it's not new. No, like no, it it's, isn't new. It does. It does seem like it's getting worse, though, doesn't it? I don't. I do not think so at I all. I, I, I don't. Th- I'm, I'm just. Maybe we just notice it more. I think. I think it's just because of the internet we're just we can look anything up and we're hyper aware of everything okay yeah maybe um so yeah this you know i don't we don't need to spend a ton of time on this but i do i the thing about tori spelling that was big at the time was like oh she only has that job because of her dad it's like yep and like uh that's that's not the worst thing i can think of to slur a person like you know obviously uh you know we should be judged on our merits. But if I heard it's like, oh, yeah, his dad, get him a job. I'm like, oh, good for him. Let leverage his situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, especially classic Hollywood is just full of families. Oh, I mean, my. It's, it it's does like. It suck, though. I don't, I don't know. Like, oh, I, I agree. It's not good. I, I do agree. It sucks. But it. But it, it's, it's weird when, like, they take it out on the individual. Like, I. Who are feel- you? Weep- who are you weeping for exactly? Nicholas Cage. Get it. <laughs> At least he tries hard. Yeah, no. I so like that Cage. that's also a good point. Is uh, a good point is that people are fine with nepo babies if they like them. Like I saw all these people like oh, except for Laura Dern, she's okay. It's like well, well like sure, <laughs> but, but yeah, okay. So you throw out like twenty people benefiting from nepotism. Like yeah, one or two of them are maybe more are actually going to be good at it too but like i think when you really are, get into we are it there's a lot of really talented nepo, de- nepo babies I don't, I don't know about a lot i guess well naturally it's going to seem like a lot because they get all the jobs their so. jeans their jeans are purer that's, <laughs> that's oh my god <laughs> i don't know uh yeah i mean i i yeah i i i think we're all in agreement that like it's bad but it's not new I don't think it is any more prevalent than it ever was. I think, it, much like with a lot of things, we just didn't know about it. Maybe, but I, I think the the issue is that there's, there's these certain industries where basically the only way that you can get into it is if you're willing to work for nothing for years. You know, media, right. journalism, yeah. um, th- uh, entertainment, entertainment, stuff like that. So... 
it is a it is a huge problem. So sure, maybe it's always been like that, but it's good that we're giving people a hard time for it. Right. I, and I also know, anytime you bad about this. Talk about diversity, which Hollywood is not great at. That you know, nepotism certainly doesn't help on that either. Right. Right. Yeah. Um it, I mean, it's it, the it's the same thing as, you know, retaining any source of wealth in America. It's always gonna be the white people who have more. Well, right. I'd like to think it won't always be, but but yeah, I, I know what you might mean, Duff. Sorry, um, um, I I don't know. I I think uh, I, like when when people like Jamie Lee Curtis lash out and talk about how hurtful it is, it's like shut up, just shut up. That's my like, just don't say anything. Yeah, like no one no one's gonna feel bad for you, and no one should. Oh no, you're you're feeling like you're in your sixties and you've had this awesome career, and now you feel bad because people are calling you a nepo baby. Just shut up. That that's uh, I, actually I more what that. makes me mad is like not so much like the story itself and the fact that it exists. That's obviously like a huge problem, but like to to then like take umbrage to it and be offended by it and speak out and say, "Oh, uh, so many th- these people all work so hard." It's like, well, maybe they do, but that's not really the point of this. The point of it is that it is so much more difficult for someone who a doesn't have the connections and b doesn't have a trust fund so they can just bum around and and first of all get acting school paid for them and then yeah take a bunch of jobs in indie movies that don't pay anything to try to uh, make a career because they don't have to worry about money whereas like joe schmo from iowa it's a different story i've been rooting for joe schmo from iowa but he just doesn't get any good roles no He's just going to be stuck doing community. Joe, I agree with that point 100%. I think my thing is more of just, like, all of a sudden, the media's like, you should care about Nepo babies, and Nepo babies is a thing. Like, yeah, okay, uh, that's the story of Hollywood and privilege forever. Like, I, I don't, I care as much as I did six months ago. I'll say that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Also, like, to be fair, Duff, like, you have a lot better understanding of Hollywood and classic Hollywood, especially than the vast majority yeah. of people. Plus, Maybe. you got your job because of your Confederate great 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 grandfather, mm-hmm. so well, you've got a benefit from that. I'm, leverag- I'm leveraging my situation, and we're podcasters <laughs> because our parents were podcasters, and the yep. parents before our grandparents were podcasters. So, high school guys, huh? Mm. I'm glad I don't have to do it again. Yeah, what a time. Um, we talked about like the the Tracys and the Stacys and the Cody's. It does it does <laughs> it does feel like you know, I I don't know if it in and honestly it might be because we watched these movies that were aimed like we were the age when we watched these movies of the you know these t- of these high school movies, um of people like wanting to fit in and how important it was to be popular. Malls, man, malls look so cool. And as a rural yeah. kid, I was like, Man. not 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 abandoned, uh, you know. And I I, I you know I had a, a few mall years, but not not really. It was too far away to go to. But it was always special. A little bit, I'd go to a mall. But that's um, so sad. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, I, I, is this stuff still happening? And or is it we're not watching it because we're not watching movies that are aimed for teenagers. Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, by this still happening? Like, like be malls? more specific. <laughs> no, not malls. Yeah, you, the idea of the idea of, of popularity and how important it is, and fitting in as like oh, fitting in is just as popular as like you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, you as want, a plot device in movies. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, that's what I was brought up with you guys earlier. It just doesn't seem like. I'm trying to think, like, what what are like the recent teen like big teen movies like i kind of graduated super bad was kind of like the last teen movie book smart and even even super bad even then i was probably two i don't know what year how long ago did that come out 15 years ago 10 years ago 2007 okay so 2007 so i was 25 when it came out so kind of like at the tail end of like when you're still watching movies like that i guess right um right same yeah so i don't really know what the teen movie to, to much like has been like since then. But That's why I was. It just learning. doesn't seem like it, it. seems like that was the the dominant. Like every teen movie revolved around that, right? And then like it kind of transitioned in the late '90s, early 2000s from like 
popularity it, it went back to getting laid like it was in the late 70s yeah they got really they got really horny again for it's, a while it's, it seems like the the teen movies and and tv shows like are just about like not killing yourself now yeah i don't watch like, um euphoria that seems like a thing yeah uh, but that isn't really like made for teens but it's meant to be like about it although like all the teenagers watch that show that's right. like every high school kid's favorite so show. i do think that that's a good distinction and i think that what i'm just kind of spitballing here but it feels like no one knew how to really make things for teens with exception obviously but they're like, well, uh, we're just going to end up looking lame and out of touch no matter what we do. What if we just pump that nostalgia in and we make teenagers the stars of things, but we aim it at people in their 30s? And then that's how you get like Stranger Things. Hmm. What about um, like a movie like um, Booksmart or a movie like Blockers, oddly enough? But even blockers, that's made for parents. That's not made for kids. I also feel like Booksmart is kind of made for people who aren't actually teenagers. I feel like it's made for people in their 20s and 30s. Okay. Um, so, like, what I don't... Lady, uh, what about um, Ladybird? Same thing, right? Like, that's 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 not oh, really aimed oh, for... That's that's aimed at people who are, like, 40. Yeah. But... So Even, I don't. I mean, Joe. Yeah, there's a reason it had Dave Matthews Band in the right. soundtrack for it. Yes, right? it goes. It's like 2002. Or Joe, whatever. you're probably the most qualified to say like what movies are teens watching if they're watching any movies. Or yeah, shows. they're not like as into movies. Um, like I don't know. They watch. I don't know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Study. No, I mean, they definitely don't do that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it just seems, well, it, just like anything, like just everything is so much more atomized. Like it's it, like you get in front of a group of teenagers. It's incredibly difficult to just have a conversation about just one thing because mm-hmm. there are very few TV shows or movies or, or sporting events that like you're going to get more than maybe you know right. you throw throw 35 kids in a room to have more yeah. than like 10 of them having seen it very challenging yeah. like basically like the the biggest blockbuster movies like most of them are gonna have seen it like all the marvel crap right um uh maybe like to a little bit lesser extent like the pixar stuff especially the pixar stuff that came out when they were you know when they were kids mm-hmm. you know like yeah. pretty much every teenager is going to have seen Coco or yeah. whatever, right? Or Encanto. But n- none of them are going to get my Cheers references, is what you're saying. <laughs> Cheers references. I, 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 it's so weird. Like, I wore my I Love Lucy, Lucy shirt to school the other day. And, like, they were like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> I Love Lucy. So, so, like, a lot of kids, like, I, they, they know, like, YouTube really well and, like, TikTok oh, yeah. and stuff like I, that. So, like, they'll bring up, like, he, like you, people like YouTube people. Like I was making fun of that Mr. Beast dork uh, the other day, and some kids got really mad. They're like, he helps people. It's like <laughs> I don't no, know who Mr. Beast is. Mr. Beast like does these. Um, <laughs> it's a like, good name though, dude. Just you just like you know like those YouTube screenshots where it's some white guy making the soy face with like um, how yeah. many jalapeno poppers would someone eat for ten thousand dollars? Whatever <laughs> it would be, right? Like okay. he just does stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. But like you know, he'll do a stunt that where he maybe it's gets he pulls in like, you know, ten grand worth of ads, but he donates like a thousand dollars to somebody. Like he's not. Yeah. It's not charity. It's. It's know, just whatever. him throwing away discretionary income. Plus, I just don't like the way he looks. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, isn't the general rule if you're a famous YouTuber, you're a Nazi? Like, I that it always <laughs> seems it always seems to go that way. Yeah, they're well. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not. A, it's, they don't have a great batting average for sure. No, it's so, much higher than the general population. Even in America in 2023, it's much higher than the average population should have. So I guess to like to bring it back to to an answer, I don't think that's unique for teenagers though. That things are so atomized. Like, no, obviously that's the case for everybody. I just think that 
we we're old like middle-aged guys so we still like we when when something is like a critically acclaimed movie like we just are kind of feel more of a responsibility to see it than younger people do now maybe but that maybe you i don't know if that's generational or maybe you just age into it because you know you're older and your life is I don't want, I'm trying to think of a way Coming to phrase this to without making it. Well, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it without making it sound sad. But like, so I there definitely is something to the older you get, the the less you care about keeping up with what's going on uh, with but, with stuff aimed at people younger than you. Right, but but also just like they're they're like hanging out with their friends and like texting their friends and FaceTiming right. with their friends, so, and there's like they're looking for things to do. Whereas on like a Friday night. Like, if there's a two-hour movie I'm interested in, like, I'm not giving anything up by just sitting there not looking at my phone for two hours. Right. Whereas when so, you're 16, you are. That's a good point. So, and that kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, the second part of uh, my thought process on this is, so if you took us, who were teenagers in uh, the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. and... And you took people who were teenagers in the mid to late seventies. Uh, I think there's more in common than not. Oh, in terms absolutely. Of, um, now, if that's where I have no frame of reference, and that's because of just uh, the internet and everything it's enabled. Like I can't, I can't imagine being a teenager and having, in terms of entertainment or what I do with my free time, just limitless options. Yeah. In terms. You know, if I whatever I want to watch or uh, learn about or just bake my brain to, like whatever. Well, just and and I'm not saying that like oh kids today blah 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 like it's I I it's me saying I can't wrap my head around it because I've never experienced it, so I don't know. Sure. Uh, well, think about how many adults you know that can't stop looking at their phone. Yeah. Right. And now just imagine if that was just your state since you were 10. Or or another thing, like, because I'm guilty of it too, but, like, not only is it your state since you were 10, it's also the state of the a lot of the adults you grew up around. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, oh, that's just what my parents do all the time, so why wouldn't I do it? So, like, I, I don't want to be, like, alarmist or say that there's some problem, but, like, um, I don't. that's not even the angle I'm going at. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's perfect way to put it. It it's might not, be really, really bad. Um, it's but not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know my attention span is shot, but. <laughs> well, this you know. goes back to a point. I don't know if someone put this. Are teens okay with this uh, very concerning? Um, uh, I added here. that, and this is more recently, but uh, it seems like even on the uh, relatively, I would say, moody spectrum. Uh, the teens seem depressed, guys. Well, especially, especially you know from the whole pandemic thing. I that I my I guess pushback on that would be maybe they just are a more aware of mental health issues and more self aware of how mm-hmm. they are feeling and more comfortable in reporting it. Yeah, that's like fair. when did when did anyone ever talk to you about depression when you Never. were in high school? Never. Uh, depression is for pussies is <laughs> is a thing that I believe I heard, uh, not directed at me, but like I believe I heard that in the nineties. I mean, uh, so you, like, as you say you... that, and this is the Onion, my favorite Onion headline ever is "Study Depression Hits Losers Hardest." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That was just something that was kind of like not even just like with people that you knew, like it was almost kind of implied in like the media, like right. fiction, like news stories and uh, f- uh, fictional stories and whatnot. Uh, so what we're we're referencing is a story that said uh, shows a graph: feelings of sadness or hopelessness among teens uh, it really starts to skyrocket in 2019. Hmm. Yeah, which would have been pre-pandemic. Yeah, because you know you wouldn't have um, actually felt the pandemic till 2020. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean it is uh, it is interesting. But I think Joe's point is actually pretty good because the question is feelings of sadness or hopelessness, and there is definitely even since 2017, the other date, um, 
there is a lot more openness and awareness to talking about mental health and it not meaning you're a loser and it being okay yeah. and it to like to you know address it and say it and probably talk to, like mention it to your friends which is another yeah, thing I, you would probably never do this this will maybe be dated or maybe look dumb in hindsight when this actually gets released but like today john fetterman announced yeah. he was hospitalized with with severe depression and i'm just seeing like a lot of like older like sicko right-wing politicians like saying like he needs to resign and stuff like that and like it's gonna that's gonna i mean i guess by the time this comes out i might be proven wrong but it's like that's just gonna backfire against him so badly because nobody under the age of like 40 or 35 or would think anything like that they'd be they just think like oh it's good that he's going to get help right. i feel like that sometimes too maybe not like depression to the point where you need to be hospitalized but just right like yeah that's just like oh he's he's uh <laughs> ill and he's getting yeah. help for it the the most wow, normal thing you could possibly do it's the but, recognition that this is a disease and takes a toll on you but wow. like yeah what like a, what a concept older people and 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 especially older reactionaries can't understand that. Um, and, it, and and it's funny because he's already like proven that, that, that sick mentality is wrong when he was willing to go on a debate after a stroke, when he, you know, needed assistance to, right. to follow things and, and vocalize things. And I remember after that, everyone saying, Oh, he's going to lose for sure. And uh, like the, all the kind of research that's come out since that election is like, it made people like him more. It, it actually, Humanizes. all the backlash again, all the backlash against it made people rally around him more and, and were more turned off by his opponent. Right. That weird, the Dr. Oz. <laughs> I cannot believe <laughs> the, the guy. The guy, It's like, well, people didn't turn, turn immediately for the guy who literally sells snake oil. Yeah. So I, I think that like all of this is together. Now I I'm sure, Sure. I, and I, I should add this. Like, I'm sure teen, like teenagers are like more depressed than they were um, than usual since the pandemic. I, I know that was really hard on them for sure. It was hard on everybody, but it was worse for. Um, I cannot imagine being yeah, a teenager be uh, during a pandemic. Yeah, they missed out on on so much more than we did. Yes, yeah. agreed. One hundred like, opportunities that that you can't get back. Whereas, like, you know, if you're 37 in the pandemic, like, yeah, you might uh, obviously, like, in certain circumstances, like, maybe you didn't get to spend as much time with your parents in their later years and or they missed a birth, all, all sorts of things like that. Right. But, like, you can't go back and be in ninth grade again. No. Or 10th no, grade. And and missing out on things hurts so much more when you're that age. Than your it does brain when you're older. is awash with dopamine and just imprints every little thing. And there's so much that they don't get to have of that now. Right. Right. And I think Joe's point is right. You don't get to redo that. It's just you right, missed right. it. You missed yep. it. And I guess it's in some ways, at least everyone else your age also missed it. But it still sucks. It has so, to have an effect th- on So you. hopefully that makes up for me earlier sounding like a Republican when I was mad at this movie for uh, taking having too much sympathy for the murderer. But, like, it really did rub, bother me. But, like, overall, like, that I is mean, my... I she's, mean, she's an objectively bad person. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so this, I think, uh, segues. One thing that I do think has, well, at, at least in some uh, states, I'll say better, is... Uh, the mentality that uh, Terry O'Quinn, John Locke has as his principal is not very healthy Mm-mm. of uh, basically uh, non-ironically spewing Ricky Bobby's if you ain't first, you're last uh, right. <laughs> message to a group of impressionable youths. Yeah, that's, that is the, and, and like, this is like a real mentality. Fortunately, not like well, certainly not a common one in the education circles I run in, but like wanting to be friends with the jocks and wanting to like be be friends and friendly to and impress like the popular kids as a what forty some year old principal like that guy, like that is a real mentality. And God, there is nothing more pathetic in education than like no the dude yeah. who is a huge dork and um either it it was a huge is a huge dork and now that they're in a position of power 
they can like sidle up to like the the upper echelon teens or they themselves were one of those teens and just don't want to let go of that is there anything else you guys want to talk about with high school or this movie or anything i guess just i would I, i just wish i knew when i was in high school how little high school mattered and that feels probably weird for me to say because, like, You're I feel high like my teacher. job is important. But, but like, like I guess, I guess I shouldn't say how little high school matters, just period in general. But the the if you ranked like the three things you cared most about when you were in high school, they probably weren't really that important. We don't like, count people. We're just talking about like the topics or what do you? Yeah, just like? yeah, yeah. I just I, I mean like. I'm, just, I'm, just like the things that you were like, kind of taught the the things that you listen, thought. I'm like, still a fan of masturbating. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I just mean like, like even when you make like all the, even things that you screwed up on when you were in high school. Like it's all you can just like it just all felt so important and right. like the consequences would last forever. But it, it just isn't like that i guess well, i mean also I, I you have to just remember too that like i you know i don't feel like like when you're a kid you're a kid and when you're younger you don't really think about that stuff and you're less cynical but then you hit high school and cynicism sinks in and then a mistake feels so big because like you've only been living with that mindset for so short of a time you can't even understand the like amount of time you have left in your life to like correct that mistake i mean christ this movie's about someone in real life who stabbed someone yeah and they got out of jail seven years later even yeah, they got now- to to recover from it much to the chagrin of some blogger <laughs> <laughs> and and again part of it is because and i i've i read an article about this and i'm trying to find it and maybe i'll post it later but you know it's about why we keep remembering things from high school or why you know why it's so imprinted on us and it's because like our brains are just shooting out hormones and like thing everything feels so much either one on one end or the other like it's it either the worst or it's feels the best so much yeah everything yeah. feels so much and you just and i you know you carry it with you which is fine but i think it's it's to what joe just said it's important to realize that it's like oh the other things in my life were much you know as much or much more important than this also you carry it you have to live all these experiences especially this is from a small town but like the the same people who you're going to see the next year and the next year and the next year and you saw them all the years before and so everything stings way more because you can't shake that stuff it feels like you can't and it's really hard to wrap your head around the idea that just the instant the the day you walk across that stage yeah poof like none of those people matter anymore. none of it matters it is you know with the exception of maybe your college dorm it's the last time in life where you will be connected just by proximity just pure proximity it's like well work too yeah and not it's not the same though i mean it's not the same but it is still like no it's yeah, not to the same degree but it's still like pretty i i, I still yeah, think it is I, don't know. I, I mean you're not i'm not saying you're wrong but I, I i think just because there's so much more socialization that occurs with high school it's yeah. it's like you know one of the only and maybe last time in your life where it's just like you said you are going to be around these people for four years and probably longer if you've you know depending on the school system and you know some of these people you'll have known possibly for most of your life like i i you know there's some people it's like oh we came up through kindergarten through uh, senior year right um yeah it's gonna be all right teens it's gonna be all right um guys we have one more episode left on this season um, the season. Yeah, on. boy, this is, and we're not going to announce what it is because you, everyone, will just turn off the feeds and unsubscribe. <laughs> oh, we're not going to say what no. it is. Let's just say that this is up there with Nell as a movie that we discovered a long time ago. It's, it's something we've always referenced, but none of us have seen. Yes. Yeah, this is w- not the White Whale, but it's. It it's, will be a challenge for us. And we are going to. We're take not. It on. The, we didn't make the movie. That's true. Like, we're yeah. not the bad guys here. <laughs> we didn't choose to 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 act this part in this role. 
I will say we didn't this. do that. Someone That's else correct. did. I will say this. If you want to figure it out, it is a made-for-TV movie that came out in 2005. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Um, patrons, you, if you want to support us, you go to patreon.com slash the midnight boys it's two dollars a month i uh i uh if you're listening i made a mistake and the february uh episode or the january episode didn't hit in january when it should have but it is there now for february apologies to that and uh yeah tune in for a free podcast continue to listen to us tell your friends as we continue our quest through um made for tv movies 